I'm Jay. I'm Wes. And I'm Frankie. Thank you for listening to the Grill Coach Podcast. Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie Wes and Jay. Hey, welcome to the Grill Coach Podcast. Happy day, guys. What's happening, Wes, Frankie? Hello, hello, hello. Howdy, guys. Today's episode is a long title. Five things I wish I knew before buying a Blackstone grill. This one hits close to home. All right. <laughs> Can you really quick tell us what a Blackstone grill is? Yeah, it's a flat top griddle. Uh, it's an outdoor cooker. They're very popular right now. All right. Little... That's it. Spill it. We'll get the rest of the show later. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> that's all you get, audience. If you didn't know what a Blackstone grill was, that's all you get. <laughs> all right. First is highlights. Hey, so, you know, I, I really hated my highlight from last episode, but, you know, life happens and I, I just like to share it with you guys. And then it just happens to be the other million people who download every week. So. You know, <laughs> I, I got a couple of uh, messages today from people saying they really enjoyed that highlight from you. <laughs> All right. Well, today I got a better highlight. And actually, mine very, is v- very educational. Thank you. I, I'm sorry. Go on. Continue. <laughs> today I got today I got a happy highlight. So mine is part of the grill coach challenge. So I'm going to go ahead and just cheat. We get all the way to the end. So our Grill Coach Challenge was about preparing something for next overs. And so I was purposely grilling, and it was a night to have chicken wings. And that was what was was requested. Really, that's what my wife told me to make. So, okay, I made chicken wings. But I was thinking that I'm also going to smoke something and get it ready for some epic sort of next overs, you know, to check the box for the Grill Coach Challenge. So I did the chuck roast brisket style. I actually, I, I did the whole tallow thing where I smoked mm. it for a long time, got the temperature up. I still have my homemade tallow because I burnt the other brisket and I didn't use the tallow on that brisket. But <laughs> I still had the tallow from the brisket. Uh, and, and so I really then just applied it to the chuck roast. And uh, it... I mean, it just it just came out and just looked so beautiful. Like, I, I don't know why we don't cook things more in tallow. It's just I think it's something that I got to do more, especially with beef. Play around with that. It's just it's really adds a new dimension to cooking. And it's fun. I, I'm, I'm really inspired by your discovery and, and use of the, the tallow for cooking. I, I really am just looking for an excuse to do it. So I'm, I may I may have to break down this weekend and buy something special. Okay, all right. Here's another little tidbit. So my mom, who is from Germany, she had the beef tallow and she stir fried some pork in it. Ooh. And she and she even asked herself. She said, "Can I can I do this?" She said, "Well, wait. In Germany, we have a dish called Heaven and Earth, and it's actually a pork and a beef dish mixed together." <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know which one's the heaven or the earth, but you know, I, I you take your guess, I guess. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, the 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 beef chuck roast actually made like a really stu- a, a really good stew because even with the chuck roast, I prepared some aromatics with some broth, and I let the chuck roast drip into my broth, and so I had scallions in there, I had onions, garlic, celery carrots and i let that cook on the smoker for hours and then when i was done we drained that and separated it to and then we finally used that to make use that for the base of our stew so it's so rich in flavor i mean uh not really sort of overpowered smoke but just really really tasty so uh that was my my next over unfortunately i didn't have a picture for the instagram so I guess you can say it didn't really happen because if you don't put it on Instagram, it did. <laughs> but my family and I can attest we ate great. Just saying. So uh, that was a good idea. Thanks to uh, Lauren from Bon Appetit. Nice. Nice. All right. How about you, Wes? My highlight this week. So we had we had such a great like reception for the build your own barbecue episode. I got some nice messages from people about that during the day. And uh, we got a, a listener contact us and emailed us at thegrowcoach.com with his own, uh, his name is Jordan. He built his own uh, pit for cooking whole hog barbecue. And oh, I saw that. It, looked nice. it, it looks, it looks incredible, Jordan. It's, it, has a real foundation, real concrete foundation. It's built out of cinder blocks, and he he custom welded a grill grate, and they use it for you know family barbecues. And I love his little bit where he said uh, they have a kind of an agreement: whoever walks by this thing has to throw a log on the fire every time they walk <laughs> by it, just to kind of do nice. it. it. He posted some pictures of the the build, and then one of the final of the. The whole hog cooking so it looks epic uh pretty awesome it is it made me think that's what we were trying to do when we when we got together to do that lamb we needed to do something like that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. jordan where were you man where were you <laughs> well we built something temporary he built something that's gonna be there for a long time <laughs> yeah that's true it looks so awesome but thanks for reaching out jordan that's that's amazing Maybe we can share those pictures one of these days, too. Yep. All right, Frankie, what you got? Uh, let's see. This week, my highlight was, so I was watching uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I think it's called, which is I normally don't want, don't watch, but. Triple D. Triple, triple D. D. Yeah. yeah Flavor Town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love me some Guy Fieri, but I, it's just not a show I, I always watch, but um, I, I, I happened to flip it on and they were talking about, it was a barbecue episode. So I was like, oh, of course I'm going to watch it. Um, and then it happened to hi- highlight a restaurant here in San Diego. Uh, so I was like extra intrigued. It's called Grand Old Barbecue, I believe. Um, oh. And they actually used to have a location. They used to be, uh, or, okay, let me start over. So the guy used to be a tour manager, I guess, for like rock bands and would like barbecue at every stop for the band and whatnot and the crew. And that turned into a catering business, which happened to be like down the street from my house. And I never went because I was like, oh, they're never open because they were only catering. <laughs> uh, but 
So fast forward, now they have this like beautiful looking location out in Al Cajon, which is about 20 minutes outside of like San Diego Center. And uh, they were highlighting it on the episode and I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I'm definitely, you know, let's watch it. Let's see what's going on. Um, and so it's, it's a combo of like, so he does traditional Texas style barbecue on the meat, but then the meat gets transformed by a chef uh, that they have in the kitchen who has like a more Mexican like approach, classic San Diego, uh, to cooking, right? So the couple of the dishes they highlighted were like a beef rib with a like smoked or a, with a homemade queso on it and like a little uh, salsa on top, wow. which I know we're pretty purist here for the most part, but beef I was Beef rib like, is decadent enough. Yeah. Homemade <laughs> queso? Yeah. But oh my God, y'all, it looked amazing. It looked amazing. Um, and then they did like a lamb, a smoked lamb shoulder, and they turned it into like taco, like BDS style, um, mm, which is like wow. a traditional Mexican dish. And y'all, my, my mind was just blown because I was like, oh yeah, you're really just honestly cooking the meat. You can still like then use that to like trans- still do other stuff with it, do other stuff with it. So it uh, definitely paused or made me pause and think. And I'm really excited to. Uh, I'm gonna. Go, I'm actually gonna go try it out this weekend. Well, I'm going to try to anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I will hopefully report back. But uh, otherwise, I thought it was really interesting, right? Just the whole idea of like putting queso on a beef rib, like sounds like blasphemy, but but why not? (laughs) It it sounds over the top for sure. Yeah, but I still want some. (laughs) I still, yeah, I want it. I'll let you know. Um, Oh. Yeah, but they just make cool like, and I think we've alluded to it before when you talk about putting like smoked meat in like, um, like a soup soup type of dish. Soup, enchiladas, mm-hmm. tacos. Yeah, it seemed um, they made a smoked lime shoulder and they made it into a taco, but like put it in the like consomme of like the bedia, and I was like, oh, that actually sounds delicious. So I can't wait to try that as well. Once I get a taste for a reference, but. <laughs> <laughs> Beware of those TV shows. Sometimes, you know, it's just all smoke and mirrors, like, you know, <laughs> literally at a barbecue place. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear back from that. Hey, before we move on, let me take a minute to thank the sponsor of the show, Bear Mountain Barbecue. I've been using those pellets on a regular now. Uh, got me a regular place to get them from. That's we talked about availability. And, and all that smoking I did with the chicken wings, the chuck roast and all that, it's doing all with the Bear Mountain pellets. And it's just, it's just, they're just a great quality pellet. I enjoy using them. So, so anyway, thank you, sponsor. Um, let's get into the next part of the show where we go through some questions. Frankie. All right, Jay, let's see. Our first question tonight is any tips to get a more accurate reading of the temp and an offset smoker? I just realized how horribly off my next grill thermometer is. Wow. <laughs> I, I love this question for multiple reasons. Agreed. Because the the bimetal thermometer dial on your on your grill, on your stock grill is notoriously like inaccurate. What do we what do we say? It's like it's a hundred year old technology. That's what yeah. That's what uh, Amazing Ribs says. It's a hundred year old go. technology. So the the best way 
to kind of remedy this in an offset, you know, and I've read in offsets, you're going to get hot and cold zones is to get, you know, a remote digital thermometer. And you're going to have to, like we always say, kind of know your cooker or learn your cooker. Every barbecue is going to run slightly different. Every, every cooker I have, <laughs> it, it runs slightly differently. Hold on. I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt. You know how you always Googling stuff while we're doing this, you know? So I yes. tried it this time. Okay. When was a bimetallic thermometer invented? 1759. <laughs> wow, so that, that is, that's like, that's quite old. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> the invention of the bimetallic strip is generally credited to a John Harrison in the 18th century. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But we've moved on. We salute you. Uh, John Harrison has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes, sorry to interrupt you because you were really making a good point. So go get yourself a digital a remote and they make the ones that sit on your grate. They have the little clip. I don't know if you guys have seen those. They often come with that clip in some of the, uh, this is a Maverick. Most important. Yep, yeah, yep. the Those Maverick that you important. used to use. Uh, I have one too. I can't think of the name of it, but I use it to monitor. Um, I have a little Thermalworks dot and I have kind of a, a generic one that I use. It it kind of reads in it. It has two thermometer inputs. So I, I kind of put one, you know, in the meat and on the grate sometimes if I'm feeling like knowing all of the things. But kind of experiment in your grill and kind of move it around, you know, build your fire, let your fire get going, put that thermometer on one area of your, of your grill and kind of go check it every 15, 30 minutes or so, and then move it to the other side of the grill, get some gloves for that pro tip. <laughs> yes. And, and you may, you may get a temperature difference of 30, 50 degrees. And I mean, yes, it, it could be that drastic of a change between one side of your smoker and the other. Yes. That that can play a big big part in whatever you're cooking. I, I like where you're going with this too, because most of the thermometers that we have, they're typically in the dome of the cooker. So they are essentially 12 to 15 inches above the cooking surface. We're not cooking up there. So it's we don't we don't care about what that temperature is up there. We care about what it is, what the meat is gonna see. And a uh, really good point about the temperature differential. I, I remember a friend and I, we, we were using a cheap offset smoker and we tried to cook a rack of ribs and it was literally 50 degree difference from one end of the rack to the other end. And so, so since we knew that, we knew we had to sort of rotate that rack of ribs every 15 minutes or so. But uh, if, you did, if you didn't know that, then it really hampers what you can do cooking wise. Yeah, I think you're going to cook, you know, two racks of ribs. You're going to have one on one side, one on the other, right? And you're going to be scratching your head like, oh, man, this one's nearly done. And I've got this one's not even close because it's been cooking at a wildly different temperature the whole time. Yeah. And then how do you do the three, two, one method with that? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or, OK, or you can go all out and you can get the real thermometer system like Frankie has. Can you kind of explain what you got? Uh, yeah, so I have the like I have the fireboard, uh, so I can put like six different 
probes in. He just so. throws it out there. Six. Wes was saying maybe two. <laughs> and now Frankie's like, six. six. Uh, he's, but got like, just... he's got like outdoor temperature. Then he's got the uh, temperature in his kitchen. And uh... <laughs> I was uh, thinking left thigh, right thigh, you know, like oh, left yeah, wing, yeah. right wing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Each part of the bird, you stick a thermometer in. <laughs> so even I know that something like that costs some good money and, and there's some learning curve there to learn how to work that. But I feel like the peace of mind that you get when you know what your cooker's doing, when you know what your temperatures are doing, because without that, you're just guessing and you might burn through a lot of product or have a lot of bad experiences trying to do that guess game. Uh, not to say it can't be done. But, you know, I'm sure plenty of people do it, but it just uh, it just really helps take out a, a huge um, it helps take out a huge. What am I trying to say? It takes out a lot of the guessing game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been very helpful in like helping me to dial into like the amount of like fuel that I'm using. Right. So I can be like, OK, well, sure, they say use this. But if I if I'm able to like measure my ambient temperature and like a few different in a few different spots and like this, I can understand how how I need to adjust accordingly. So that's good. Pretty good. All right. Next question. All right. Next question. Is it possible to smoke barbecue sauce to get more flavor in it? I've done it. Yes, sir. Right. I see. Why not? Right. <laughs> Mostly anything we put on the grill that's going to be wet will attract some smoke flavor. And so if it's broth, you can get some smoke flavor. If it's sauce, you can get some smoke flavor. Uh, you know, I would experiment with anything like that, you know, to do something there. Um, be honest, though, I don't know if I really found an advantage that I really liked smoke sauce, you know, better than the smoke on the meat. Um, you know, after a while, things can just get too smoky. And, and I feel like you want the smoke something to sort of linger in your in your mouth as you eat and stick on your fingers on your hands it's like i want to smell smoke on my fingers hours after i ate it you know i don't want it all up in my face you know so uh i think that deep penetrating something like that from the from the meat is good but i i would definitely play around and mess around with some smoke sauce to see how you like it are there any precautions when you're talking about smoking like a sauce, particularly a barbecue sauce that you would take into consideration? Like the first thing that I, I thought of was like, okay, if it's like super sugary, you probably need to like be super conscious of like your temp. So you're not like burning it. Yeah. Cause yeah, you'll, you'll caramelize it. Yeah. You'll cook it. I mean, you know, that's what the sugars will do. It'll just melt. I'd say the other thing is like whatever you're actually have the container in because, um, I've put pots on my smokers before and uh, man, that, that smoker, it does a lot to those pots, <laughs> <laughs> you know, even on the outside of it, it's things. So there's a lot happening there. So it's, you have to be real careful. I feel like what you're putting in your smoker. I, I have these fancy little, well, my wife has these fancy little leg crusade pot, uh, ceramic little dishes. They're like one cup dishes. And I use those all the time. And one of them's starting to get discolored. So I kind of mm -hmm. hide it in the back of the... I'll be uh, so upset. The, the cabinet. <laughs> There's like a matching set of four. Let's see if she listens to the show. 
Let's see if I hear about it. Oh no! But I, I always just I just use one. The other three are fine. They're not discolored at all. Maybe you had to use them equally so they all discovered discolored no. evenly. No, too dangerous. Next time I'm there, I'm gonna pull all four of them out and just, just <laughs> like, hey, I want to try something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so be careful with what you put on there. Yeah. Would like a mustard sauce versus like a like a white sauce versus like a traditional barbecue sauce like have a different approach to it or time or like anything like that? Or would hmm. you not do like one of those? No, so I think definitely the type of sauce that you have and how you make that sauce, it matters. So the white sauce, I, I think you really don't want to cook the mayonnaise in that sauce. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing a white sauce, I would want to take maybe the, the apple cider vinegar and the lemon juice or what other ingredients before the mayonnaise and maybe smoke that portion of it and then mix it after the fact. Um and I think you can do that with just about any of these. You don't have to smoke the finished sauce. You can probably smoke part of it. If you're doing something where you add some of my sauces, I might add water and um, you can smoke the water. You know, uh, I, I had to, I had an experiment one time that went horribly wrong. Uh, we, my wife and I got on this extreme diet where it was just soups and shakes and the soups you had to mix with water. And it's like, well, this is a tomato soup, but it would be better if I smoke the water, you know, and then make mix the soup. And uh, I, I liked it. She hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, then I started a barbecue podcast and there was no more of the shake stuff for me. So <laughs> uh, it's counterintuitive, but you can go uh, smoke water makes a big difference and you don't have to smoke it for very long either. So. I think you can get real creative with that. Thanks for sending in those questions, guys. Send us more questions at thegrillcoach.com. You can hit us up at Wes at The Grill Coach, Frankie at The Grill Coach, or Jay at The Grill Coach. We love to hear from you. Right now, we have The Grill Coach Recommends. What do we have on The Grill Coach Recommends this week? The, the most amazing seasoning that we've been in love with for like a year now. Yes. What could That's that be? Right. That's right, folks. <laughs> it's Buttery Steakhouse. The crown jewel of the Kinder Seasoning product line. <laughs> Even though in my house, we are a house divided. I got two of them that loves the master salt. And, and my oldest son, he's too, he's super counter to Wes because he loves the wood-fired garlic. Ugh. And I was trying to tell everybody, like, what are you guys talking about? This buttery steakhouse right here is the best one by far. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so we, we teased it on the last show. We didn't put the link to Buttery Steakhouse in our last episode mailer, but we will this time. Uh, check it out. You can, If you can't find it locally, we're going to include it in our email, weekly newsletter. Uh, the link will be in there for that. Uh, it's on Amazon. Check it out. I, You won't regret it. It's a great seasoning. It goes great on just about everything. Eggs, proteins, potatoes, vegetables, you name it. Anything savory. It's like the ultimate savory seasoning. Now, there is a difference that we've seen out there between the rub 
and one called the seasoning. I haven't seen the seasoning lately. I've been seeing only the rub. So I only had the seasoning and I recently picked up the rub. I'm a fan of the rub myself because okay, it has, how come? because it has the, just as advertised, it has the bigger grains. It's a coarser. It has just more texture. It's a more interesting and it's the same great flavor, but it's just a more interesting texture to me. Mm. Understood. I like it. I like it. So when I ever have a, a, a seasoning or a rub that has those big grains, I feel like it's easy to get the perfect level of seasoning on something for me. When it's the small grains, I tend to over like over season. Mm. And I should know that because I do that. But so the way I fix it, I just try to avoid the, the small grain seasonings. <laughs> Like wood fired garlic, yeah. Or or I will put them on after I put the big grain seasonings on, and I'll mm. sort of fill it in. Like the beef one, I've been doing it. I really like. I've been using the Mo Quezon Texas beef, uh, t- Texas brisket rub. Incredibly like big grains, like we talked about, and then the hardcore carnivore red. That one has sort of nice little grains, and it, to me, it almost like fills in all the little spots that the big grain misses. And so it just gives me a nice even coat. It makes me happy. That's a that's a good pro tip is to mix and blend your different seasonings to get different flavor profiles. That blew my mind when I realized that. I don't remember <laughs> like where I saw it. I think it might have been you, Jay. It's just like, oh, I use this, this, and this. It's like, what? I can use more than one seasoning? <laughs> Breaking all the rules. <laughs> you were like, yeah, there's no rules on the bottle that says you can only use one no. seasoning. <laughs> it's a great idea. Uh, I love, all right. I love mixing seasonings. All right, guys. Well, shoot. Thanks for, uh, you know, reaching out to us. And uh, Frankie West, thanks for those highlights. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk five things I wish I knew before buying a Blackstone Grill. Hey everyone, I'm Rusty Monson, and I am sitting here with the Anthony Lujan, hosts of the Pitmasters podcast, and you're listening to the Grill Coach podcast with Jay, Wes, and Frankie. Jay, there's so many choices out there when it comes to pellets. As someone new to pellet cookers, what should I look for in buying pellets? You want to make sure what you're buying is 100% natural hardwood, low moisture, and kiln dried. This helps the pellets burn for that clean smoke that we talk about so often on our show. Are there special types of pellets for different proteins? Like what's good for beef? So I personally like to use something that has, you know, dark colors or a heavy flavor. So it'd be like cherry or pecan or something like that. And as a matter of fact, the Bear Mountain cherry pellets are the first ones I fell in love with like 10 years ago is using that. I felt like that was the one pellet that was always good quality and then really kind of convinced me that I can live using a pellet cooker all the time. Bear Mountain pellets are top notch. They're uh, an enthusiastic group. They're really dedicated to the craft and, and really just as excited about things as we are. We are proud to support Bear Mountain Barbecue and recommend them for your next outdoor cooking experience. Check out their pellets at bearmountainbarbecue.com and pick up some pellets today. Tell them we sent you and use our discount code GRILLCOACH20 at checkout for a 20% discount on your purchase. And we're back to the Grill Coach podcast. 
Today, we're talking five things I wish I knew before buying a Blackstone grill. So I got to ask before we die, we start this conversation, what are Blackstone griddles? I know we got the little tease, but now, Wes, you can lay it out for us. I can, I can finally explain what's going on here. <laughs> so a Blackstone uh, grill, they, it's kind of like, um, what do you call it? Like a brand that we're all recognized for a certain thing, like a we all say Kleenex, Kleenex, right? For tissue paper or what's yeah. another one? Uh, Weber. Weber, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a Blackstone is a flat top griddle, meaning it's it's kind of like a big hard metal surface that's heated usually by gas. And uh, they you typically see them in commercial kitchens and stuff that it's, you, you you know it when you see it. It's just a large steel surface. It usually has a grease trap, and it's it's made for cooking a lot of food at one time. And so what Blackstone is, it's a brand. They've created this kind of a home version of it that's propane-powered, and it's it's an outdoor cooker. It, it It's just another weapon in your arsenal of uh, outdoor cookers. I love it. So So what type of styles are we cooking and and is this something that takes a long time to heat up good question this is a direct cooker so we're not doing a whole lot of indirect cooking on something like this it 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 is a gas powered so it's requires a propane bottle and yes it heats up pretty quickly uh the one that i have you know from lighting to cooking probably takes five minutes, maybe probably wow. less, uh, probably less, maybe three, two to three minutes. And it's probably decent enough to start grilling. Man, this really takes me back to my McDonald's days because we used to cook those frozen patties. And you always the trick was you had to slap them together, you know, loosen them up <laughs> and then you throw them on the on the grill. And then they kind of like dance around like a little disc, you know, and that's just. That's exactly what I imagine right there. Ooh, get some Bubba Burgers for the. That's Bubba, my burgers. Oh, Bubba burgers. This might be the appropriate Bubba Burger cooker. Perfect. I would love to see you cook some Bubba Burgers. Eh, probably not going to happen. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes. So, what are some of the pros of using a Blackstone flat top, or I guess any kind of flat top? So you have a like a very large surface area. It's great for like parties or, or you know cooking a large amount of food. You know you can cook a whole meal on the thing all at once. Well, yeah, they sell larger and smaller versions of it, but the one that I have is uh, the twenty-eight inch two burner, and it's more than enough to cook for a family of four. So that's that's like a huge pro for me. Uh, gas. It is gas powered, which is extremely easy to use, predictable, you know. You, okay. You, like I said in the last, for the last question you you asked me, how long does it take? Well, I can be cooking in about five minutes, you know. That's that's a huge pro. I mean, you, not very much prep time there. And and the style, I mean, it's very, if you've ever used a frying pan or cast iron on the stove, you're going to be familiar with this style of cooking. So it's got a familiarity there. So you could do 
hash browns over here, pancakes, and then have your bacon sizzling on the end. Yep. Been there. Everything but the pancakes in that. But yeah, I've done hash browns, <laughs> uh, bacon, eggs, all at once. Pretty, pretty epic. You could even do the teppanyaki style Ooh. on these things, right? Where you're doing all the fried rice and all the vegetables like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is the exact type of grill that they've or that they use in those restaurants. In fact, we've had a, a party where, where they've come to our backyard and they've brought the Blackstone to the backyard and they did that kind of on site for us. It was pretty awesome. Oh, amazing. Fancy. All right, Wes. Now, this thing can't be just perfect because I don't have one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what are the cons for this? So the big one I think that you're going to have the most issue with, guys, is there's no wood smoke or charcoal flavor that comes off this thing. That is a big one. That, that, that is. That is. We can't get the little pouch of pellets from Bear Mountain and put them on there? You might be able to get that to work. You might make a mess. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I recommend that in this scenario. Yeah, because then it's like you're putting fuel on your cooking surface. Yeah. Yeah. Some meltage going on. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Note it. And what it's else? not it, it's not an indirect cooker, so it's kind of like the frying pan or your cast iron. Like you're not gonna cook something indirectly on this. So it's you know, direct heat. I wouldn't cook a roast on one of these. I would cook something okay. very very thin, uh that's you know, heats and cooks quickly. This is really a pro at those things. It's not necessarily a, I wouldn't do a brisket or, but I have seen that on YouTube, but I don't, I wouldn't do it myself. What? Yeah. Wow. Go, right, go you, check I it think out. You should, I think you should do that for science. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, you know, it's not as versatile as some of my charcoal cookers, but I still love it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. So so what I'm hearing is our listener, Gabe, he really loved doing reverse sear burgers. You, you're not reverse searing burgers on this, but I bet you can do some smash burgers on this thing. It does amazing smash burgers. And you can do a bunch of them all at the same time, too. Okay. Yeah, that sounds awesome, then. I mean, I, I see the advantages here. Um and I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, but let's get through the, you tease me with the five things. And whenever I'm looking at an article, I always just want to get to the number. Give me the five things already. So, <laughs> but before we get into the, no, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so the five things that you should know before you buy a Blackstone grill is, and we talked about this in our questions in the first segment is to know your cooker. These things, just like any cooker I've ever owned, have hot zones. Now they try their best at the factory to design something and engineer something and build something that's gonna be con have a consistent, even cooking surface. But I know from experience that there are hot zones and cold zones on my Blackstone. Mm. For instance- Do you know the temperature differences or? Like, are you using an infrared thermometer or something like that to see? No, I need to get one. But that I was going to suggest that would be a way to kind of know that 
exactly, but I just know from experience that the left side of my cooker, my personal cooker gets hotter than the right side. And then the, the, the left center is the absolute hottest zone. Huh. I was about to blame that because you're left-handed, but <laughs> <laughs> then you went center on me. I was like, okay. Have you ever did the toast method where you lay out bread across your whole cooker all at the same time for, and then you see which one is toasted more? Ah, uh, that's a, that's a lot of I, wasted bread, but I love that. I think I learned or, that from one of you guys. Uh, I don't know. I didn't hear that, but I, it made me think of, uh, I, what was it? Sarah Rain. She said, oh, you know how to test for the, for the triggers to lay out like uh dough of some sort all the way across. Yeah, it was here. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah Range. Pro tip, Sarah. Yeah. Pro tip. All right. She's still out there. Yep. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So yeah, you waste a whole loaf of bread. Just tell the wife, don't worry about it. It's for science. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one, number four. Have a propane tank handy in addition to the one you're using to power your cooker. Oh, backup. Backup yes. to backup. Because this is what's going to happen. Just, I'm going to set the scene here. Sunday afternoon, you've got friends over, you got family over, you're cooking smash burgers, you're doing one after the other after a week, week long, weeknight, uh, week long cooking adventure. You've kind of blown through your propane tank and you're not, you, you're not quite aware of this until, you know, everybody's sitting down hungry, everybody's in a good mood to eat. And then all of a sudden, you notice your burgers are not cooking. And you look down and you only have one propane tank. What what, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're Microwave. Going, you're going to write us at Wes at the Grill Coach for a Halloween episode in October and tell us all about that story. <laughs> or you could just be prepared and have an extra propane tank and swap <laughs> it out on the fly. Hey, can, by the way, can I say it's not too early to start taking horror stories for our, our Halloween episode. So if anybody out there does have a horror story you'd like for us to share, go ahead and send it in. You know, we could, it's, it's not too soon. Jordan, I know you got some horror stories with that big homemade oh. pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first one worked, you know, just like first try. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Is propane the only way these things are powered? No Good question. And I, I'm glad you asked that because I had that propane bottle experience myself. Not, it wasn't a giant catastrophe like that, but I, I learned and they make a natural gas kit for the Blackstone, meaning I, and I have a gas stub right on the back, you know, right near the, my back door and it's for a propane grill or a fire pit or whatever. So I bought all the necessary hardware. It was like 40 or 50 bucks. You replace the little orifice. It's not hard. And now I just have an endless gas supply online. So I, I never have to replace the propane bottle on it. Great investment. Wow. Wow. Oh, uh, okay. What is a natural gas kit? Like, can you not hook up like a normal, like gas grill to like a natural gas line? You're not supposed to, it, it might work. But you're supposed to get the. Nah, it won't work. It, you can. <laughs> it'll right. it'll sort of work. I I know no, this. It won't work. The the heat well just the the heating potential between right. natural gas and propane like propane is like 
two and a half times more heat than natural gas. And no so way. the the orifice is the the actual little piece that allows the gas to flow out to your burners or kind of to the burner area is is a is different in a natural gas than it is a propane. And so it requires you to change all the orifices. I think there's like either six or eight orifices on mine. And it comes with the little wrench and you get the little Teflon tape and you 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 unscrew the propane ones and you screw on the, it took me like 30 minutes to do, but then it, it's super easy. Wes, wow. a master plumber. I all never right. knew that, yeah. So if you and and if if you're curious, I think you can do this to most gas grills. Most gas grills have a kit that you can buy. I highly recommend that. You don't have to go refill propane tanks. That is something that that is a pain to do. I do remember the few times where I had to go and change out a propane tank or get another one. Cuz even sometimes you'll grab it and you're always like, is this really empty? I don't even know cuz it's still heavy as hell. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if it's empty or not or if something else going on and you, you guys get like, those the little scales that kind of show you it, they have the little you ever seen those? No. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. They, they, like, whatever, give me a new one. Uh, yeah, a tank. It's supposed to weigh. It's supposed to weigh like a certain amount, so it, it has like a a red, yellow, and a green section, like telling you if you're in the green, you know, it's still got a lot of propane in it. If it's yellow, you should probably start thinking about replacing it and, or refilling it. And then red, it's empty. Man, wow, it, it's fancy. It, it sounds awesome, but it's not. It, it didn't. Not work a grow coach recommendation. <laughs> it it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be in my. Uh, Grow coach recommends. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. We are on number three. Number three. I wish I would have known this. Uh, you must season your grill before you use it. So read that manual. And what does that mean? Mm. Season your grill. I, I got it. I got it. You got to spray it with cooking spray first, just like I do with all my cookers before I... <laughs> <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> but similar, right? Very similar, yes. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Got my back. <laughs> so you, you do get oil and you kind of, you know, spread the oil around. You heat the grill up kind of gradually, then let it cool down. You heat it up. And what you're doing is you're, you're kind of letting that oil permeate and create a nonstick surface on your Blackstone. And in fact, in the manual... And on their YouTube videos, it says that that's the reason, or I forget, it's it's something like, well, when you get a Blackstone griddle, it's it's very like gray. It's like a steel gray. But when you're done seasoning it, you've got that nice Blackstone surface because the seasoned part is black and it looks like stone, I guess. Hmm. All right. It, it, so, so did you experience like bad sticking or something like that? Yeah, I didn't I didn't season it properly and it didn't kind of perform as well as I thought it would and so I ended up having to re, like really reseason it and actually read a little bit and watch videos and actually really <laughs> do it. So, don't don't okay. do like I did. So, is this kind of like a cast iron situation? Where okay, so the seasoning part. Okay, so I know this is not on the list, but I'm gonna go a tangent. Is it so is in there like the similar type of maintenance that goes 
with it too, right? Like I know when I'm done cooking with my cast iron, I need to do some things before I put it away. Yes, yes, exactly. You do clean it. Um, when you're done cooking, you, you know, when it's hot, you kind of like to deglaze it, I guess, you know, with some water. Uh -huh. And then it comes, or it doesn't come with one, but uh, you can use the scraper to kind of scrape off all the- Yeah, the, the scraper. The, the built up stuff. And then once you've got it, you know, you can just use paper towels or a towel and just kind of wipe it down. You know, once you got a good nonstick surface, a lot of stuff will just wipe right off and then re-oil it. And that's how you, you re-oil it just like your cast iron and, and, you know, don't put it away before kind of putting a light coat of oil on it. Do you, do you have to cover it? I cover mine. Well, I'm in Georgia now too. I got to cover my trailer cover or else I think it's going to be gone. So <laughs> <laughs> not one of my favorite activities. And I used to be so staunchly not covering anything when I was in California. <laughs> Boy, do things change that. Yeah. That brings me to my uh, number two on the list is the accessories. I'm going to advocate that you don't go crazy with the accessories. There are a lot what? of accessories. I know what kind of accessories. There are so many little spatulas, scrapers, domes, tables, all that stuff. And my, my best recommendation is there is a, and I, I did a little bit kind of go crazy, but I realized I don't use most of this stuff. And mm. your mileage may vary, but I'm going to recommend they have a kit. It's like 20 or 30 bucks. It comes with two little squeezy bottles for your water and your oil and two spatulas, and a really heavy-duty scraper for cleaning. I highly recommend that kit. You mm. will use all those things. You know, those are the things you use most frequently with your Blackstone. But you do need the little dome when you're trying to melt cheese on top of a burger, right? You catch that steam. I see you, you know, do it in the restaurants. I, I, I agree with you. However, we have metal pot lids that do the same thing. <laughs> so you can buy the fancy dome which i did but then i was like huh i could have and i realized later i could have just used this in my you said cupboard. this is just a lid yeah. <laughs> this is just just a lid exactly unless you're doing like a very high burger maybe you're doing like a, a tri ah. yes. triple patty maybe like, yeah like a four by four whatever yeah oh, i like this four by four smash burger can you put some so you put some grilled onions in between those layers too um, like some ooey melty gooey cheese yes oh yeah yeah and you can get the the little cheesy crust on the blackstone or, or like on your cast iron it works great like that mm. you guys yeah where it's like it's the not burnt but it but it gets like a little crunchy almost yep you guys a fan of that yeah yeah no that that's good okay the moment we've all been waiting for. So the number one reason to get a Blackstone grill is it is a amazing all-in-one cooker for certain dishes. It does something so well. I am so glad I got it. And I've kind of spoiled this already, but smash burgers. You can do the whole meal on this griddle. You can toast the buns. You can grill the onions. You can do the smash burgers. You can... It does the whole meal on one cooking surface, and it's fun to use. Uh, breakfast, it is like absolutely, it. absolutely epic for breakfast. You can do the bacon, the eggs, um, 
Pancakes. You gotta eat the tortillas, bro. You gotta the eat the tortillas. tortillas. I've done that too. I've done tacos. I've done oh fried rice. I've done veggies. The tortillas I've done... for breakfast, man. You were passing it up. Tortillas <laughs> with breakfast. Breakfast burritos, yes. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done fish on the on the delicate fish on the Blackstone. Oh, that do- seems like so good because now you're not worried about trying to lose fish in between the grates or something like that. It, it is excellent for that. So it is a wonderful cooker. It's it's different. You, If you're like me in the summertime, I know you guys feel the same way. You know, I'm cheap. I don't want to run the air conditioning. I don't want to heat up the house by running the stove in the summertime or the oven. So I'll utilize my cookers outside. And this is just like a giant stovetop outside. It does a wonderful job. Highly recommend. You, you know what? I'm really starting to like this. Once that email newsletter comes out from the grill coach, I'm going to put that thing on my wish list. And, and you know, and maybe I'll just put it in the cart. That way, the next time my wife is shopping, she'll just buy it. There you go. You know, and it's so. It's the last time. She's going to start catching on. <laughs> how did this get here i don't know i didn't order anything you know so thank I you why <laughs> i was looking you know and it just happened to be in the cart you know so uh, it's one of those items you can't send back either yeah Let, let's drop <laughs> let's drop a link to one in our newsletter excellent idea yeah love it yeah so this this sounds like uh I love the fact that it's just it just adds more diversity to what you can do in the backyard and cooking outside like that we want to do. You know, I love the fact that some of those things that are hard to do with the grill because, you know, pieces might fall through. I'm talking asparagus and mushroom and shrimp, you know, things like that. You can do them there. And and the, the idea of cooking like the whole meal on that thing seems pretty cool also. All right, Wes, you know, that was a pretty good convincing uh, reason, at least for me, hopefully it helped any listeners on why I need to get myself a Blackstone grill. And uh, hopefully you guys might think so too. So um, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back and we'll give our update on the grill coach challenge. Hi, this is Frankie from the grill coach podcast. And I just wanted to take a moment and give a huge thank you to all of our listeners. We are trying to create a community where we can learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. And we couldn't do that without you. If you've been with us since episode one or just joining the Grill Coach team today, we could use your help in building this community and sharing our mission. Please take a moment to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us some love in the comments and share our podcast with your friends and family. As a new and growing podcast, there's no better way to support us. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Have a question? Grill Coach Challenge? Let us know. You can find us online at thegrillcoach.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon at The Grill Coach. And we're back to The Grill Coach Podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in today as we talk five things I wish I knew before buying a Blackstone grill. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons. Without your support, we couldn't do a lot of the good work that we do. I encourage everyone to check out our website, thegrillcoach.com. There you can find information about our podcasts, blogs, recipes, and other helpful information. Also, of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, Bear Mountain Barbecue, your source for premium wood pellets. Right now, I'm going to pass it over to Wes to talk about our Grill Coach Challenge for the month. Thanks, Frankie. 
This month, our Grow Coach Challenge was from Lauren at Bon Appetit. She challenged us to do a unique next over or a... Epic next overs. There you go. Epic next over. That's more appropriate. <laughs> and so we we reached out to you guys. We saw some responses. Uh, we'd love to see them. Send them in at The Grow Coach. Tag us on social media. Email us at The Grow Coach. Jay, uh, you were talking about one earlier offline. So just uh, Dawn Chiefs, uh, she was on one of our listener episodes and, and this one was specifically about the charcoal. She posted, and I think it was a story, which I hate those things, because then they go away and you can't see it. But the way her charcoal was lit up, it was really just fired up so you can only see the K in the Kingsford charcoal. It was, a, it was an awesome picture. I, I really liked it. I really dug it. And it's just the branding for the charcoal and this and that. And it was just... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's good to see, you know, people out there doing stuff, being creative, you know, listening to the show. And, you know, I do have to say, too, that from that same episode, we had uh, uh, I, I, I took a picture and I threw something out there. Somebody recognized from our our episode and he saw that those wood planks that I complained about in my lump charcoal bag. He saw that I was cooking with those and, and he picked it out. So. We're going to send him some, uh, some grill coach swag. So, uh, but yeah, that was, it's just pretty cool that, you know, Hey, people out there listening and, you know, people are sharing what, what they know about the show. So, uh, keep continue to share with us. We'll, we'll get you on and talk about you. All right, guys. Well, you know what? That wraps up this episode. Just, uh, want you to think about your, your griddle cooking. And once you get your griddle, you can never miss an opportunity to get, get out, out there, there and grill. grill. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Grill Coach. Also, check out our blog at thegrillcoach.com for more episodes of our podcast, as well as other great grilling-related content. Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks. Rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie, Wes, and Jay.